0: The Lord was going to minister this morning about the word covenant. He has a covenant with you. And covenant is a strong word. It's, it's, It's lost its meaning in our culture. We can always get out of a covenant. We can hire an attorney and get out of a covenant. But to God... He is in relationship with you through a blood covenant. And a blood covenant is not dissolvable. So that means those of you who repented this morning, those of you who came to Christ for the first time this morning, you are in a blood covenant relationship with the creator of the universe. And it's not dissolvable. It's not dissolvable. It's powerful. It's one of the strongest sets of words that we can get a hold of in our Christian walk. The blood covenant. Y'all want to hear about it for a moment? Y'all sit down. Let me talk about it just a minute. You know, Michelle still spoke last week about the blood and it just... I, I think I'd already told Tanya, you know, I felt like God was leading us towards studying covenant. And when she started talking about the blood last week, I was like, oh man, this this is where God's trying to take us. It is such a strong word that when I looked up the meanings of it this morning, and I'm going to skip a lot of my notes because I'm just going to go where he's taking us, it, 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 they sounded so mechanical. I looked it up in the Strong's Concordance and it, they just sound, it just sounded so dry, Keith. I don't know... How to explain it? The words just sounded not personal, but a covenant is very, very personal. Anybody in here in the covenant of marriage, yeah. fixing to be in the covenant of marriage this week? It's it covenant is a strong word, Tony and Susie. It's a strong word. It's not to be dissolved. Amen. And when I looked it up, it, it literally means. In the sense of cutting, it's worth it, what the word covenant means. In the sense of cutting, it's a compact, it's an alliance, it's an agreement, it's a pledge, it's a bond. And all of those fit, covenant is, what, what God has with us, the covenant he has with us, it is all of those things. It is a pledge, it is a bond, it, it is an, an agreement it is an alliance. But I did something I've never done before, and, and there's this tab on my Bible, Bible study program that has uh, girdle stones synonyms of the Old Testament. And I went to it. I thought, God, there's, there's just something more beautiful. Even, if, even in the earthly, which is also spiritual, marriage covenant that Rusty and I have, there is something more beautiful in our covenant than an agreement. And it's way more personal than that, if y'all get my drift. Thank you, Rusty, for that amen. <laughs> there's way more closeness in it than that in a marriage covenant. There's 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 something, it's 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 between me and him. And what you have available to you with the creator of the universe, the Father God, the Almighty, it's way more personal than an agreement, than a contract. There's a closeness in it available to us that we haven't completely tapped into yet. Jesus did. And when we start looking like Jesus, then I know we've tapped it. So when I look to the synonyms in girdle stones, I'm not going to read all of what he had, but it is in your notes if you go to the QR code and it'll be in your notes out in the foyer. But I'm going to read part of it. He said, The translators have found much difficulty in giving a uniform rendering to this word, covenant, even in the Old Testament. Expressions answering to the words alliance, bond, compact covenant, treaty, have been resorted to. But after all, it has been felt that none of them are perfectly satisfactory. And for this reason, that while they do very well to represent the nature of a covenant between man and man, none of them are adequate for the purpose of setting forth the nature of God's gracious disposition towards man, which are described by this word covenant you know what he's saying we are word studiers and we cannot find a word that describes what God is trying to say when he says Brett Creekmore I want a covenant with you through Jesus Christ you're the chosen Ricky you're the chosen he picked you And you look around the room and say, yeah, he picked all of us. Yes, but in that picking all of us, he picked you. He wants covenant with you. And the beautiful thing is, is the covenant that he has with us is not dependent on us. It was dependent on Jesus Christ, the blood. And so I can be imperfect and be in perfect relationship with God. I am so glad all the other imperfect people in the room amend me. That's beautiful. You know what? I can be imperfect. Here comes my part. But you've chosen me. That's right. He chose me. And therefore, even on a day, once ever, 365 or so, that I'm not perfect, That's right. I'm still perfect for him. Yes. So on those imperfect days between you and God, he'll help us through it. That's right. That's we walk through it. you know, I had some tough days last week. Tough. Tough. And Rusty looked at me and he said, you just tell me what to do. I'll do it. He didn't get mad. He didn't know what to do. (laughs) He said, you just tell me what to do. And I'll do it. God will walk you through those days. And I look around this room and I see a lot of marriage covenants that have walked through hard things. And here you are. God wants that with you. It's a beautiful word. I'm going to read you some more. That was not all of it. It just gets better. Man, I hate to skip all these notes, but you know, the teacher in me. But we're going to go with the flow. This was also out of Girdlestone's. stones. He says, As was said above, an adequate word will be looked for in vain because human language is constructed for human affairs. And we can find no parallel in our transactions with one another for the wonderful and gracious mode in which God has set forth his loving kindness to the human race in the covenant confirmed in Christ. In this, as in many other cases, the student of Scripture gradually learns to attach a new and sacred meaning to the words which he uses. And he is thus preparing for the day when these language difficulties shall have passed away and when the tongue of the stammerer shall be loosed. Right now, I really don't have any words to describe what God choosing me to be in covenant with. Because I have human words. But let me tell you, it's special. And he wants, and I know I'm just tipping it. I know I haven't enjoyed everything he has in this relationship. But we're going to study it and we're going to get there. We're going to study it and we're going to get there. We were, I um, If you have to leave, just get up and leave. We won't look down on you for it. I know people have places to go and things to do, but God is a covenant-keeping God. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Amen. He's married to this relationship. Yes. He's in it for the long haul, folks. And, and he is such a provider that he, he already has everything provided that you could possibly ever need, not just in your life, but in your eternity. And I'd say that's a man, but he's better than a man. <laughs> that's, that's God. That's who he is. We see this word covenant sp- first spoken in language. Uh, God showed covenant in the garden, Right? He showed covenant in the garden when mankind sinned and God took those innocent animals and he killed them and he took their skins and he covered man. He shed blood. He shed innocent blood to cover man's sins. And though that wasn't Jesus, it was a type of Jesus. It was a symbol of of Jesus and a symbol and a promise of what God would do to bring man back into right relationship with him. But the first time we see the word covenant used is in Genesis 6. And he's actually dealing with a man named Noah. And it's one of the first God-man covenants that's cut. And the earth had gotten so wicked And so dark in what they were doing that God decided that he would destroy the earth or destroy what was in the earth. But there was a righteous man, and God will always save the righteous. Everybody say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So in verse 17 of Genesis 6, he says, Behold, I'm going to bring flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth is going to die. But with thee will I establish my covenant. Y'all, this is better than agreement, it's better than a contract. Everything that God ever wanted to accomplish in the earth is now going to be done and started again with a man named Noah. Everybody else is going to be gone. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives and thee, and of every living thing of all the flesh, of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with you. All the animals, two by two. You remember the story. They shall be male and female. (laughs) If you don't get that lesson, we'll talk after. Verse 20. Of fowls after their kind, of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it unto thee. And it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God had commanded him. So that's what he did. Verse uh, chapter 7. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. This is the top of our relationship with God come out of the world, come into this ark. Here everything is provided. Here you will rise above everything that's happening in the culture and in the society and in the world and the politics around you. You will not be governed by those things that are happening out in the, out in the world, but you, David, are in covenant with God Almighty, and he has provided a way above. That's covenant. we got to get covenant-minded. Come you and all your house into this ark, for you have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast, you will take to thee by sevens. This is what Michelle talked about last week. Not all the animals came two by two. We had to make sacrifices. So there were some that came by seven the male and his female, and of the beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, because they were used, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the earth, upon the face of all the earth. This is what I want us to get. God desired it. He initiated it. He provided it. He established it, and he kept it. Covenant. Covenant. He initiated it. Every single time, God initiated it because it was his heart's desire. It's what he wants with mankind. He provided it. He established it, and he will keep it. In fact, he went to extreme measures to keep it. When he told, when he told the serpent in Genesis 3, there's one coming. Who's gonna break your power? God made a promise. He made a promise. And so, when the world started getting wicked, more and more wicked, more and more dark, to where it got down to where there was one righteous family, God's word is out. There's one coming. He has to preserve that righteous man because Jesus is going to come through that lineage. He can't just let all men go nuts. He has to destroy everything else because his word is out that there's one righteous coming. And if you wait and you let all the righteous die, then your word's not going to come true. Well, I don't understand why God destroyed the earth. Because he had to because of covenant. He will go to extreme measures every single time to keep his covenant. So he put Noah on the ark with his family so that Jesus could come. His word was out. He will keep his word. He'll keep his word. It's important to know. There's lots of times in Scripture where we see God doing some extreme things. And people will question, why? Why did God have them kill all the men, all the women, all the children? How could a loving God? Because his word was out. I'll never forget this illustration as long as I live, and I hope it helps you. Now, this was all just till Jesus came. And not have to do that anymore. Right. The promise came. But I remember Dad explaining this right here one time. Right here. And he said, when God releases his word, it's like taking a... a it's like when God gives his word, it's like he's, he's pointing at that target... And once he releases his word, it's like that bullet being released. There's one coming. Boom. Now, Todd, step out in the middle of the aisle. I'm only using, for those listening on radio, I am only using the handgun. Like with my fingers. What happens when Todd steps in front of God's released word. Did God want to kill Todd? No. Did God? T- <laughs> no. You can, I'm sorry. Thank you for being my guinea pig friend. We've been friends a long time. Almost as long as, well, some of you haven't been alive that long. And, and we've been friends so long. Do you see that? God's going to protect his word. He's going to protect his righteous seed. His word has been released. There's been some things released about the end times. There's been some things released for the future. But in that day, in the Old Testament, there was one coming and God had to protect. That's why the flood. Not because God wanted to destroy all those people. Not because he was just a mad God, woke up grumpy one morning and decided to send a bunch of rain. His word was out. And he has covenant with the righteous and he will protect the righteous. He'll go to extreme measures to keep it. So when you start looking at this strong word, know that God is very serious about his covenant with you. He's very serious about his relationship with you. Go with me to Isaiah 42 and at some point we'll stop and we'll pick back up next week but I'm just I'm starting to get on a roll now it's going to be hard for me to covenant relationship is the heart of God I when you start thinking that that covenant is embodied in Jesus Christ I mean he is our covenant with God he is our relationship with God. Everything comes through Jesus Christ. And I'd never read this passage before, and it came up in, in um, one of the concordances I was reading today. I thought it was so powerful. It's a prophetic word. It's, it's way before Jesus is born onto planet Earth. It comes through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 42, 6, he says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, And will hold your hand and will keep you and give you, I will give you for a covenant of the people. Speaking of Jesus. He is going to give his son for a covenant of the people. Jesus is the covenant of the people. For a light of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. He is going to give us Jesus for a covenant of the people. That's beautiful. That's beautiful to me. From the moment man sinned in the garden, God's heart was to to build a covenant bond and and to put that into action through the the shedding of the innocent blood that we spoke about, the innocent animals, you know, that's a commitment. When he shed the blood of those innocent animals and put those skins over Adam and Eve, he was committed to John Burge. Jesus was coming. A covenant for the people was coming. He had the prophets speak it. Sin had weakened man. It was killing man. And one one beautiful thing that a covenant does is it can take what's a strength in one person and a weakness in another, and God puts them together to help the weak. They do this in tribes, right? They do it in gangs, just not in the godly fashion. But you covenant with somebody because it strengthens you. We do it in nations. We have we have covenant relationships. The United States has covenant relationships with other nations. Why? Because they're weak and they need us. Ukraine needs us. When you got a bully like Russia breathing down your neck, you're looking for some friendship. You're looking for some covenant relationship. Mankind needed some friendship. We needed some covenant relationship, and God made a pledge that he would provide one. And he would break that yoke off of mankind. God takes it seriously. Whew, I don't know how to skip any of this, but think about this. Jesus was both God and man. In a blood covenant, there's the shedding of blood, usually by both parties. It shows the seriousness of your agreement. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So a blood covenant was even to the death if necessary. So when Jesus died, it was both God and man shedding blood for this covenant that we're in. He was the Son of God and he was the Son of Man. This covenant is so sure. Because it doesn't hinge on me. Both ends of the covenant hinge on God. And Jesus said, I'm letting you in on it. That's a relief to me. God is as committed to me. Whoo, this gets you kicked out of a good church. God is as committed to me as he is. Jesus Christ. That's that's stout. The shedding of blood for both sides. Of this bond. In Genesis 15. God cut a covenant with a man named Abram. We'll, We'll look into these probably in more depth. Maybe on Wednesday nights. But. when he approached Abram and he went into covenant with Abram, he wanted a blood covenant relationship so that what one has is at the excess of what the other needs and vice versa. God needed to get his son Jesus onto the planet to build this relationship. He had to get him here legally. Job, you remember, The whole argument between God and Satan over Job. Satan has this way of going, That's not legal. You can't do, God, you can't do that. Well, if you'll touch this of Job's, he won't serve you anymore. Satan's always the accuser of the brethren, right? That's his definition. He's always saying, God, you can't do that. He's just doing that because you've given him all this stuff. Take all this stuff away from him. And, And so God legally had to get Jesus into the earth where it could not be challenged. And so God approaches Abram. Man, how do we? God approaches Abram and he cuts a covenant with Abram. I believe it's over around uh, Genesis 15 where Abram takes the sacrifices and he cuts them up. And he, he lays them out. And it says, The birds of prey came. And tried to take those pieces of flesh. And you know what Abram had to do? He had to get them, he had to shoo the birds away. And that's what we're going to start doing. We have a covenant with God, and you're not stealing anything of my covenant. We have a covenant with God, and Satan, you're not stealing any part of my covenant. Covenant is a strong word. Next week, we'll get into Abram. And we'll get into how God cut this covenant with that man. And how committed Abram and God were to each other. And how it gave legal entry for Jesus to come into the world to be given up so that you can walk in covenant with God. You do not want to miss this story. When Abram presents his son so that God can present his. There's so much stuff in that. Oh, I can't wait to get there. We may have to start it Wednesday night. I don't know. We'll decide. Y'all can stand. I, I'm i excited about this series, and this is why. Some of you need to get your fight back. Some of you are letting life dictate or your bodies dictate or your past dictate or whatever dictate what you can do and who you are in the kingdom that's not going to fly the covenant is too strong of a word for that the covenant is a stronger word than your past it's a stronger word than, than, than your thoughts it's a stronger word than the stuff that's going on in your body that's trying to hold you back covenant is a stronger word Every single thing you need, it is provided in your covenant. And God said, I think, oh, where was that? Romans 8. Such a powerful statement. In Romans eight thirty two. if he would give us his son, then he will not withhold any good thing from me. Well, what any good thing are you doing without then you're going to have to shoo the birds away because you've got a covenant Amen. Father we thank you for what you've done in this place today yes. with your presence with the atmosphere my heart feels so full thank you for the covenant that you chosen to let us in on through Jesus Christ. Thank you for being a God who sees and who provides. Jehovah Jireh. You already know and you've already done it. And faith says I receive it. Let this word covenant ring in our ears this week. And when anything adverse comes against us let us do as David did and say who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dares to defy the living God for it is covenant that makes the difference not the size is it covenant is it not covenant that is the question That must be answered. And if it is covenant, it is ours. If it is not covenant, it is not. We will be very aware of covenant this week. And I believe that your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher of the church, will begin to reveal truths to us about our own personal lives where we need to lean heavy on the covenant and receive what you've given us. We thank you for that if you praise for those who have repented, who have turned, who have confessed Jesus as the Lord of their life today and accepted a covenant with a living God. Praise, honor, and glory be to your name forever. In Jesus' name, the church says, amen. amen. amen.